0: Hello, and welcome to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregson. My mission is to find everyday people who are delightful. The people I interview have attractive energy and a positive outlook on life, and I want to give them a platform to share their stories so that others can have hope in the midst of their struggles and see delight in a world that at times can seem gloomy. I will uncover the life experiences of the guests that I interview, which have enabled them to look at life in such an inspiring and delightful way with the belief that to understand the light one has to be acquainted with the dark. My guests will share their personal experiences on finding their way through dark and hopeless times and give us a glimpse into the powerful gifts they received in their darkest hours to rise up, take up hope, and view life through new hope-filled eyes. Is it possible that in our darkest hours we are given a gift to find the light which leads to our greatest delights? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Come Towards Delight, and uh, this evening is going to be fun. I've got a good friend of mine with me, um, Weston, and Weston is like the voice of the BYU Cougars. Used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Weston Ride, and used to be, right? So he used to do it for the BYU women's soccer team. I did it for all the sports.
1: I was not the voice. I was a voice. Uh, I don't know, man. I I emceed. Yeah. yeah, I emceed. I was your hype man during timeouts.
0: The ultimate uh, hype man in Provo, Utah. And I'll tell you, so so we actually worked in the same industry for quite a while. He just is leaving to do his own thing now, which is kind of cool. And I hope you'll put in a plug about what you're doing later on. Sure. Um, but, uh, he works in the hotel world and it's been fun. We, I've gone to some events for our hotel company where he's emceed the events. And I I don't know that I've ever laughed so hard in my life. Um, Weston is just one of those guys. And the reason I wanted him on the show, he's one of those guys that everywhere he goes, he engages with people. You, 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 you have no fear. You talk to everybody, anybody, you ask girls that are way younger than you on dates. Like you have no fear about that, which is awesome. I'm totally kidding there, but no, like, like, when you walk into a room, you you're delightful. You you have energy and you tend to you tend to kind of gravitate towards people with energy, but you also try and bring people in. I've watched you. Thank you. And and I've always really appreciated that about you. You make it really easy for me to to laugh and have fun, have a good time. And and I love that type of personality. And and, that, and I just and so I so ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to have him on the show and just have him share you know, some of his story with us, and and tell us why he's the way that he is. Because I'll tell you what, man, you Thank look you. at life with a lot of delight. Although you're a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, yep, you look at life in a beautiful way. That
1: is a big reason yeah. why I look at life in a beautiful way. Yeah, not for 42 <laughs> years it wasn't. It's all good anyway. Better late than never. Yeah, so tell us about yourself, and, and let's let's dive in now. Yeah, uh, briefly, I mean, grew up like you said in Cleveland, the land as yes. it were. Browns, Cavs, Indians, you got it all. When you're in the Midwest, you just kind of grow up as a tightly knit community that gets frowned upon quite often. And I think that's honestly what kind of shaped me is, you yeah, I'm a shorter guy, as you know, No way. you seem to remind me of that often. No. Um, but so I, I always had a chip on my shoulder when it came to sports anyway. But, How tall are you? I'm um, six, seven. Oh, actually five, four. Oh, okay. yep, There we go. Okay. <laughs> so I like that. But anyway, so I always had a chip on my shoulder when i played sports anyway but that community of cleveland is honestly it's like been through so many hardships not just with sports but economically did you say five four yeah i got it yeah okay. yes and so we just had like you just had a community that was already um kind of poked fun at um and obviously like i said economy economy was rough um 70s 80s even into the 90s and that's when it took a turn for the better so i kind of always had that little chip on my shoulder a lot of a lot of like cr- like i'm gonna
0: i'm gonna say it just from other podcasts i've listened yeah. to like a lot of mm. issues with like
1: crime and stuff socially as well right yeah, like so, yeah sure it was more so just a downturn in the economy and just a downtrodden kind of woe is me attitude and i just i didn't really buy into it that much um why I, not um Again, I, I was eighth of nine kids and we were, you know, quite a social family, but like I said, playing in, playing sports myself, football, basketball, baseball, I, I always had to prove myself every time I stepped onto any type of competitive atmosphere. And I'm, I have five older brothers too. Yeah. So, and in, in that you are a competitive dude. Like I'm a competitive I've, guy. Yeah. 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 But in a good way, but like you're a competitive dude. Yeah. And so I guess what I'm saying is like, I, I always loved my city for being an underdog but I didn't I didn't want to buy into the lack of progress. Yeah. And the lack of like moving forward. But it was just such this ingrained feeling in any of any of our citizens in that city that like we had to grind and we had to like push and we rarely tasted of like ultimate victory, not just in sports, but in just other things. And so That's interesting. Anyway, I honestly think that kind of shaped me. And continues to shape me. You're legitimizing what LeBron's been saying for years, man. (laughs) No, that's kind of cool, actually. He always says, what, Cleveland against the world versus the world?
0: You hear that from a professional athlete, and you're like,
1: yeah, well, y'all kind of have that underdog story, right? At least that's what we like to tell, but it's legit. And I'm not saying that other cities don't at all. Yeah. It's just that's where we kind of grind. For years and years Uh and years, right? Combined with you know, me playing sports at a, at a height disadvantage and stuff like that. It was just kind of what made me that five, four, six, seven, six, seven. Oh, got it. I'm and so, anyway, so, you know, fast forward, went to school at, you know, at BYU, um, out, out, out here in Utah, went on an LDS mission for two years to East LA spoke Spanish. My mom's from Argentina, so I had it in my blood. Um, but high school Spanish counts for, you know, very little. You know, como a star. So you didn't grow up in the home learning Spanish. Nah, no. They they really only spoke it when they didn't want us to understand yeah. like something quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But learned, you know, had some high school. But again, I went LDS mission for two years to East L.A. Yeah. That's where I learned it. And so, and then all my mom's family is still in Argentina. Gotcha. Um, and eight out of the nine of us siblings went on. LDS missions, no Spanish kidding. speaking.
0: Oh, wow. So you guys get together and now it's like, Hey, mom and dad, you didn't teach us Spanish, but we all
1: speak it. Yeah, so yeah, say yeah. whatever you want. Exactly. Por Te- favor. Tell me where your dad's from. Dad's from Southeast Idaho. Oh, he is. So he's, he's a, he's a, and that'll factor into kind of what, a little bit of what I share, but he's a Marine Corps, yeah. um, grew up picking rock and fields in Idaho, like wow. extremely hard worker, yeah. um, to a fault at times. And that's kind of what actually shaped me quite a bit was his saturday mornings were seven words that we could not stand it was get your work clothes on wait get your work clothes on five well, no, you were close so she's just yeah. like i'm six seven. five four six seven i mean yeah, you're close exactly. as long as you're close five words and <laughs> and we just hated it because it was just constant manual labor and there wasn't like a lot of planning of recreation yeah. And so you kind of talk about how, like, you know, I enjoy humans and engaging with people, but I kind of came out on the other spectrum of work versus play. Yeah. I came out more towards play. I'm like, man, live, like, can we just plan a few hours on a Saturday to have fun? Yeah. Were, were your siblings the same way? Were you guys all kind of like, dude, um, not as much as me. Cause you know, they were, they were more pioneering and had to like really put more of the example for work. You were you were the eighth out of nine, nine. so you were in younger. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I got you. So I came out really like enjoying, and it was in and it was in high school where I kind of got that knack and kind of discovered my gift to connect people. Yeah, whether it was in conversation or you know hosting a gathering or. Yeah, it's, it's where I did a lot of my finest dancing yes as oh. well now I know I'm speaking with a legend here as wow. well there may be videos <laughs> some would out say. there yeah some would say but that's where I kind of like really enjoy the power of dancing and singing as a means to break the ice yeah. and connect people yeah um but again my dad was work 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 and my mom being Argentine she's very social sure and stuff so I kind of like had that but I kind of sh- shied away from like the work ethic part of life because I I was just so burned out by holding the lamp in Cleveland, Ohio in January under my dad's car middle of the night trying to fix something. And I just, it was just so much. And so I started to kind of develop that gift that I knew I had to play and to connect people. I love it. And so, um, you know, and I kind of, went through high school like that went through college here out, you know out here at byU into my mid-20s and... how did
0: tell me this real quick why you' yeah. why you're kind of at the college time frame
1: uh-huh. how did you get into MCing um so once I graduated from college um I worked for a few years in like graphic design yeah. and random stuff um but actually <laughs> I was actually watching um, a Cavs game. After the San Antonio Spurs had previously just won that title,
0: yeah, okay.
1: And I was watching a Cavs game at home, and it was so dead, like the place was dead. I was like, "What? We got the world, the reigning world champions this. in here." So I actually wrote a, an email to Dan Gilbert, who is who had just he's the owner. Yeah, he's the owner. He had just weeks before purchased the Cavs. You know, he he owns Rocket Mortgage and all these different things. Now he's the owner of the Cavs. But I, I emailed him and said, "Hey, I have so many ideas." I'm a shorter guy just like you are. Um I got a passion but I have no idea where to start And he responded. No kidding. He responded and I actually like flew out to Cleveland and met with the Cavs like up in their offices. No kidding. But they essentially said, "Well, thank you. You're you're brazen and bold, but you have no experience." Yeah. So that's how I got into BYU sports it, marketing. At that point in your mind where you're like, "Okay, I got this. I'm going to figure it out." No, I was more like, I have so many great ideas, but I, I got to get some experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's when I ended up interning for BYU athletics for about a year, yeah. which turned into a job. And then I had a background at that same time. This is probably in like the early to mid 2000s. Okay. Oh, I'm going to say mid 2000s. Sure. So 2005, six, I was performing with a comedy acapella group called Moose Butter.
0: Ah, all right.
1: So I had been performing all over the country with them. And we were starting to do, we would do like some improv stuff. We did a lot of parodies and satires and people, I mean, you can check it out. It's, it's moose butter, one word. You can look it up on YouTube or moosebutter.com But so I had this background, but when I started working for BYU athletics, I was like, we were like, they never had an MC someone during the timeouts to run the promotion, yeah, like at the jazz games, right? whatever. Yeah. yeah. To just engage with the crowd, make them laugh a little bit, Have pr- fun. promote whatever your favorite pizza or totally. tire company is. Yeah. You know? And so we decided to try it as a, as an athletics department. I was good often and sucked at other times. <laughs> well, that's hard though.
0: I, I mean, mean, I mean, you're just out rough. there like you're, you're slinging it from the hip, yes. right? So it's tough sometimes. And
1: I had a script, but I'm like, I don't want to follow it totally. And so I had a, one, one really, really funny moment was <laughs> We were, uh, it was, you know, when we had Jimmer Fredette and we had 22,700 fans at those games. Packed into, yeah. Well, it was during Christmas time. We were were playing a weak sauce team and I had like um, five minutes before tip off, I wrote this poem called Empty Seat. And it was this really dramatic poem to try and get friends to text their friends that they've got this empty seat next to them to come (laughs) and support and... Anyway, I go up in the stands, like twenty rows up. They put the spotlight on me to read the poem. While my mic wasn't turned up, it was a weird poem. Oh shit! I started getting booed by like some of the student section. Oh man! And they just cut it, (laughs) and I walked off. And I'm like, "Well, there goes that." Yeah. But at at least Jimmer will remember that, right? I need to send him a copy. (laughs) I need to send him a copy for him in China. But you mean you speak of like fearless and. I wasn't always when I was performing with moose butter, we were doing like improv shows for companies and singing and I messed up. I forgot lines and stuff, but I just kept pushing through it because I knew that I had that gift to like draw people in and, and, or, or to engage them and to enjoy, enjoy life. Even if it was a stupid, cappella song in the middle of a company party. Not scared of mistakes, man. No, yeah. and I just I've, move and keep I've moved and I've kind of like tried to keep that going. So again, I did that with BYU Athletics and yeah. I ended up doing it for men's basketball, women's soccer, men's volleyball it was a blast. Yeah. Oh, those games are awesome. Oh, BYU's got a And too. I ended up doing even football games the last couple of years. We no introduced kidding. an MC. And so it, it just kind of gave me like confidence to do that. Um but like we talk of difficult stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of during the MCing where you know I was like, you know, how much money was I making? I was like a three-quarters time employee for BYU Athletics, but I worked full time and everyone knew me as full time this. Yeah, you're the face of the program kind of, You know, for at least the the games I kind of was at times, but um, you know, I was struggling with money. Yeah, you know, I was you don't get paid a lot of money. Nope and then you work nights and weekends if you're in sports it's hard to date it's hard to have a social life when you're doing all those yeah things. i'm like if i'm going on a date i'm bringing her to the a sporting event. I'm you am like, to watch me MC. yeah i'm like hey hang on i gotta go do a go timeout. um here's some free popcorn yeah <laughs> you know but i want half of it do you want some coke oh sorry we don't have that yet. diet caffeine free <laughs> that's right yeah you know? so anyway so i started um and i was living by myself and i was so i was working graphic design A little bit, I was working for BYU a little bit, um, well, three-quarters time. But I started, I had a, um, I woke up one morning at like 6 a.m. with massive, what I now know was a panic attack. But for those of you who've had it, it's like hearts racing. I started swearing because I thought I was going to die. Oh, no kidding. I thought I was going to die. I don't know if you've ever have you ever had panic yeah, attacks. Yeah, like not like that though. Well, I mean, like I've medium? woken up
0: in the middle of the night and I felt my heart okay, racing. That's and, what it is.
1: Yeah. So I called nine one one because I don't I swear, swear though, man. I, oh, that's okay. You yeah. say shoot and crap yeah. and damn Darn it, poop. <laughs> um, but I was just so I called nine one one and because I thought I was going to die. I didn't know what it was. I just felt my heart racing. And, felt like and, you're having a heart attack. And doom and gloom and it was horrific. And so yeah. you know, went through these tests did a heart monitor just to check if I had an arrhythmia and I didn't. Um, and then as over the next year or two just started to like, I struggled with it really bad and it was really bad anxiety. And I think it's cause I was like staying up late. Um, didn't have a lot of structure, uh, wasn't making good money at all. Um, living alone for part of it. Uh, it was just my, my body and spirit were just like, what are you doing, Weston? Yeah. Like what are you doing to me? And so then I I'd, I'd have to like I'd arrive 5 minutes before a BYU basketball game of 22,000 people. I had to go on stage as it were like 10 minutes later and do an announcement and a promo and That's I was just it all behind you. I was feeling no, I was hard. Sometimes oh. I was feeling like icky and and gloomy and unsure and totally different. alone yeah. and not like hyped and ready to be smiley but i had to put on a face and it was i had that for like a good year year and a half yeah. just wasn't sleeping well and my body was rough and so anyway so in that time where i struggled pretty bad i was probably in my i don't know late 20s okay maybe third, maybe actually maybe early 30s now did, did you Did you get, as you're in this anxiety, Uh did did you get depression too? Like what did it kind of, I had depression when it came, when it connected with like breakups with, with, with women,
0: but then you kind of move on, you'd be okay. So this was just kind of anxiety by itself. It was kind of anxiety by itself. Just the expectation of where you wanted to be in life compared to where you were in life.
1: Uh, Expectations. Yes. Yeah. And just like, honestly, just mistreatment of my soul.
0: Yeah. I got you. Well, as a (laughs) six, seven
1: man, I'm sorry. Five, five, four, six, seven.
0: Uh six, seven. You gotta drink a lot of water. And I'm sure you weren't
1: doing that as well. Yeah. So <laughs> it was not. Dr- drinking a lot of milkshakes, anyway. probably. Anyway. Yeah. So no, it was um it from and th- from that point forward, Michael, that's where I learned a lot of like I, I was I thought I was invincible. Yeah. I was Mr. Could do whatever, stay up whatever, do this, and the face and this and that, you know, flirty Latino dude and this and that. But I kind of that anxiety and even, you know, to this day, I'll get a little bit occasionally that really taught me I have to lean on others. I have to be vulnerable and say, hey, today sucks. Yeah. These two hours that have gone by, I'm not myself. Yeah. Um, and as people that are listening may, find, you know, I could probably attest whether it's Depression, anxiety, both together. The more you share with people, the more you find out that others have it. Same thing. People come running to you. Tell you me, know. tell me this though. As you kind of get into this point in life, so
0: what I find is it's hard with pride, right? So you say something like this comes into your life. You're the fun guy. You're having mm-hmm. you're having success with emceeing at these sports things. People know you. I mean, I've never walked around Provo with with you without people like oh Weston, like every everywhere, everywhere you go, right? I mean, it's just that's how it is sure. out here for you, but. It it, pride is tough. And when something like this enters your life, you, I have a tendency to go, Oh, it's, I'm fine. I'm fine. This is not a thing. Even if it's, I can tell that it's like really hurting me. How did you, did you have that battle within you to like overcome the pride to get vulnerable? Or were you just kind of like, you know what, this is a problem. This is a thing. I'm going to talk to people. No. Yeah.
1: I had, I'd already had like enough moments of when pride bit me in the butt be it financially or with, um, relationships where I felt like I could just muscle my way through it. This one humbled me pretty, pretty good. So you were, that wasn't really a battle of yours with this thing at the beginning. No, it wasn't too much of a battle because, um, once I shared with one or two people and found out that they had struggled with it and that it was anxiety and not a heart arrhythmia, like I was so excited. And, I, and, it, and it flipped a switch that has stuck with me till now that the the main reason we go through anything is not so that we can, like, get through it and be stronger, and now I'm a stronger man or woman. It's so that we can get through it um, and be able to identify with other humans and therefore connect. I, I honestly believe that. Amen. I, I completely truly believe that and when we're talking current day pandemic um, people passing away that you love or that have had serious health problems because of it or whatever they're having health problems with or breakups or job loss it's all a a practice in connection amen can we connect with those humans or can we be vulnerable enough to let other people connect with us and so that difficult time for me it, it was a blessing from on high to just say, "Hey, Weston, you're either going to let people in to your anxiety and your financial struggles, and learn and be able to relate with other humans, or you're not." And I chose to do it. Now it wasn't easy for many years after that at all, but it set kind of a tone for me that I'm I'm trying to live up to, yeah. is to like, whatever you got, whoever you are, whatever kid, old person, race socioeconomic upbringing, um, physical look you may have, whatever. I just want to say, Hey, what's up? And what's going on? Isn't that fun? Who
0: are you? And (laughs) and that's, and it's not, and it it becomes so much more than just the surface level stuff at that point. Right. Because you understand, I, I think, I think one of the things that stands out to me with what you're saying is first of all, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? Well, we kind of have that mindset when we're young where it's like, yeah, it doesn't kill you. It makes you stronger. So I've got to be this like strong, big, uh-huh. strong, like nothing's ever going to break me. Nothing's ever going to make me falter. Like I, I'm, I'm invincible. That's not it at all. The, the strength comes from compassion. The strength comes from empathy. Correct. It's it's exactly how Christ yeah. was. I mean, the, the reason he can save us is because he's been exactly where we are. He's gone below where we are and he, he can run to
1: us. He he wants to because he's felt that he knows exactly what it's like. Well, and it's funny because we've, we often hear that like he suffered and died for us and therefore knows what we've been through. Okay. That's kind of like a,
0: a grandiose a blanket.
1: Yeah. Thing. So what does that really mean in the actual day to day? And to me, um, it means that I can both pray to my God, the father, but also be aware of humans in my life that are acting like him and on his behalf to help me. Oh, that's good. And that's really what, uh, I mean, when we say we're trying to become like him, if we're not going through the crap and the hells and then going to people and relieving them and helping, what, like, what are we doing it for? Um, And so to that end, there were an a handful of people and and mostly very very close family of mine sister sister brother brother parents i, I didn't say their names but i thought of them that <laughs> just continued to like support the generic word but actually spend time with me and and allow me to be me yeah. which allowed me to return to the western that i knew i needed to kind of be that's great And so they were in essence like saviors. Yeah. So, so, (laughs) you know, stay on that note for a second. So what I've
0: learned from this podcast when people open up about some of their hardest, most difficult times is you literally kind of get to the point where you get vulnerable. You start talking about it. You find your team, right? Those people show up for you and they've got their own stuff. And as you find your team, that gives you a lot of strength, right? So, so you had your family members there were you going to like any like therapy? Were you going to a doctor? Like, is it like what else was going on in your life? Is there anything that you were trying to actively take part in to really help you through this anxiety
1: or were you just leaning on these people and, and talking to them when you could? Well, it's funny you say that because yeah, the team was great, but at some point I had to then um, be that to others. And so I decided, you know, after some time and again, this is an ongoing process for me. If I'm struggling, I lean on humans for a day, two, three, week, two weeks, month, whatever. (laughs) But then I eventually got to get out and be that for others. And so I try not to shy away from someone else who needs a text. So during that time, I made sure I, at some point when I felt energetic enough, I would listen to humans and give back. Yeah. But then I really went back to my fun side. Like the gift to to have fun and recreate and find like just literal fun and joy in a day, that's a skill. It's not just a gift, but you can work on it. And I'm not perfect, it's but a talent. I really want to do it. Yeah. And that's what helped. And yeah. so I started to have like uh, every Wednesday night, we'd have an hour 830 to 930 dance party. <laughs> It was just one hour, but we did it literally for a year straight. Did you have dance battles? Did you Did you have actual literal battles? We didn't have battles like you were prone to do.
0: I, you know, in my college, in my college yeah. days, you know, up in uh, Belmont. Yes. We used to actually have dance uh,
1: battles. No. Bring Bring your A game. I mean, we would do like a Justin Timberlake song. Um,
0: I feel like something. Oh yeah. Up. Can I get a yeah,
1: play yeah. lady? <laughs> and we would have the guys. And the All girls. the fellas. Saying, yeah, yeah, we would have them on yep. different sides of the room. Yep. Yep. I mean, take shouting. That's fun. But it was only, it was seriously like nine to 16 people every Wednesday night. Fun and stuff. And people needed it. Yeah. We wanted that. They needed it. It wasn't even just a want. It was a need. And I still see that today. That's good. It's like, there's enough serious planned in our day already, like built in with work, bills, kids, relationships, divorce, health, obviously politics and social. It's like, can we make the time... To have fun and therefore bond with each other so that when the hells come, we are actually bonded already because we had fun. You don't just bond through going through massive difficulties. You also can bond by going through beautiful fun. Yes. Create experiences. And so to your question, that's another thing I did is I kind of went back to my Calling card that I had developed because of my dad's overworkingness as a kid. Remember, I came out of the spectrum. I went back to that, and that to this day is like something I love to do. Is just have fun with I peeps. Love it. I
0: love it. So tell me, kind of go down this route for a second. I think a lot of people tend to be like me, and I, and I've overcome mine a lot, right? You know, what? that's just water. That'll that'll. It all... landed standing up. <laughs> he just did the toss the bottle thing, and it like it landed standing, standing up. up. So we're we're good we're we're on a roll here. Um, it, tell me tell me for, like, a lot of people have anxiety about engaging, right? Mm-hmm. So like let's say you're in a social event, there's dancing going on, sure. There's singing going on. There's people laughing, having a good time. Some naturally are pretty good at that. Some have a little talent, like you do with that. And then there's a majority of us that kinda of go, mm-hmm. huh, and we stand against the wall and we watch and, and we like want to, but we're like afraid to because we'll make a fool of ourselves. <laughs> Did you if you if you ever felt like that in your life, like how do you how what what do you recommend for somebody that's like, Well, I want to have a lot of fun, but I just don't know that I'm a fun person. I don't know how to jump in, no. I get uncomfortable. So
1: how do you do that? That's a great question. And I, I guess my initial answer is to just kind of remember that most everyone at a gathering it doesn't have to be a dance or a karaoke party you know it could just be a dinner party or a dessert party or some type of birthday outside thing i don't know anything where there's people around that you don't know but you are curious to engage with my first answer is everyone's going through something like every single person there has one to ten things that are kind of difficult yeah and i truly believe if you put in your head that we were wired from birth to connect, and that everyone's going through something, that can get you to say, "Hey, how are you?" Or awkwardly, "Hey, my name is Francisco." <laughs> That's fun to say. Yeah, you know, it rolls right off the tongue. Like you can just, if you have in your mind that everyone's got crap and that we were born to connect, I think that can at least help you introduce or join in, in a conversation. Even if you feel funny, even if you don't have much to contribute, that connection is what God wants. The disconnect or disconnection, whatever you want to call it, is what the opposite force yeah. wants. And you I f you know it's it's fine to be alone often to recharge, but loneliness is that's something that the devil wants us Good to start. participate us Good participate start. in. Yeah. I just whether you're of a faith or not to believe that there a higher power wants us to connect, I think that can help you. And if that sounds cheesy to you. I'm sorry, but that's just kind of how I do it because I've like I'll, I'll give you one quick instance. Yeah. Um, is that when I go on a, I, I go on a cruise? I've been on a bunch of cruises. I've just gone on cruises, and this is just one instance. You get you got what a few thousand people on that boat? Maybe not nowadays, but a few, a few thousand people plus. Yeah. And, got... and and you're not a drinker. You don't no, drink alcohol. Don't. So it's
0: like that's that's liquid that's my courage, point. right? So
1: yeah. So I'll go with a few friends and yeah. we, we know that there are so many people on that boat, kids to all ages, that have saved money, taken time off, and they want to unwind. And a lot of a lot of people go to alcohol, and that's fine if that's your thing, but for me I just don't. Yeah. But we end up talking to so many people. And some of them are a little sheepish at first. And then they're like, Oh my gosh, like, like best friends. By the end of the oh. trip, right, two days in, they're like, we'll see you at karaoke. We'll see you at the dance thing. Let's chat it up. Um, And they're like, what are you on, bro? <laughs> and I'm like, honestly, half lemonade, half ice water <laughs> is what I'm on. And a lot of soft serve and pizza. Yeah. And it's <laughs> not to brag or to say you're like, it's just to say that when you take the chance to connect with humans. They when they're done, it, uh-huh. they crave it. It's just it feels good usually. Yeah. Not prescribing this method for every single human being. I'm just simply saying it. We are wired, I believe, yeah. to connect. Well, and I think I think it's important right here
0: to say too that is a service to people because like a lot of a lot of people are we we get this fear like kind of like what you said you know the adversary wants us to to silo ourselves if you will in a way uh-huh. he wants us to disconnect and so we we kind of have these fears in our minds where it's like oh, they seem to be, especially on a cruise, right? Like, oh, they seem to be having so much fun. You see alcohol in their hands. Huh. If you're LDS, you don't drink. You're like, well, that's fun, but I can't go engage with that. I don't drink. No. And it's like, well, dude, are you kidding Come me? On. Like, go have some fun. And those people, as soon as they see somebody having fun, what happens? They're drawn to them. Yep. Why? Because they want that. Yeah. They want that for themselves. They're afraid to have that for themselves. And yep. they just, they, they love it. And I lo- I really appreciate that you said that because in a way, Weston, what you're saying with the way that you connect with people, is I watch you do that everywhere you go. It's it's a form of service. You're lifting people up. You're you're serving them by with the joy, like like okay, well here comes the fun guy, right? Like sure. this guy just wants to have fun in his life, sure. right? Well, well, yeah,
1: that's a form of service, man. It, it can be, and it's also like rewarding to me because I need to engage with humans, and I want to see what other people have to share and feel, and that's often what I go to is if you've seen me at events or wherever we go when yeah. work stuff, I'm not just like, Hey, how are your sales going? And yeah. And, um, nobody wants to tell talk me about, about it. It. it's like, Hey, what's going on? Like, what are you doing this yeah. next month for fun? Yeah. You know, how's fam fam time going? What are you doing for you time? Because that's actually what people want to share yes. and connect with. Yes. And so you, service is one way, you know, it's serving by using my gifts, but it's also like, it's really just a commitment to connect. That's really what it is. And I love that's, it. that's no matter where I'm at or what I'm doing. I'm you know, I'm going to Costa Rica in about a week and a half to um with a buddy of mine, we're gonna go work on our respective businesses. I own a business called Box Out. Um, you can look at it at boxoutseats.com or Box Out Seats on Instagram. Five There's- four. Ah, six seven for five. sure. Okay,
0: so as as a five four man, yes. you had to box out a lot to get I that. I had so to use the booty. I,
1: I love that I that's had to the, use. I love the that that's booty. a company name, man. Yeah. Box out, baby. So we're we're gonna go do this, but you know we'll be kind of away from people for the next six months. But I'm still going to focus on connecting and totally. whether it's through Facetime, new or culture, man, too. People right? that I meet, yeah. It's just I I'm at my best when I am both believing in God and trying to be a good human through the principles that I've learned about him and connecting with people. When I stray and I start to do my own thing and it, I just, yeah, I spit my, I spit my wheels. You don't and I feel make like you're bad yourself decisions yeah. and it eat crappy food. It doesn't feel natural,
0: right? It's just, it feels like you're doing something wrong and that yeah. that's kind of, there's a thing to that, right? Yeah. Um, okay. I, we're going to hurry and get you to the Cavaliers play tonight. They play the New <laughs> Jersey nets for all of you that w- are interested in that. Uh, New Jersey still has Kyrie Irving and uh, this man is like diehard Cleveland. So yeah, when they, they played yeah. in the finals a while ago, you actually bought an old truck. You painted it Cleveland colors and you literally drove it from, in, did, it, did it run the whole way? You drove it Barely. from here to Cleveland. Yeah, it yeah. was awesome. They called it the Believe Mobile. Yes. Uh-huh. And you pulled into to town and there you go. So anyway, a, a couple questions I have for you. Um, I You know, I, I think you've, you've brought up a lot of really good stuff tonight. And, and I just got to say this too, and and I'm going to quote a, a little Bible area for you. I'm not going to quote a scripture, but like one, one set of uh, one chapter that I'm so drawn to, like the last 10, 12 years of my life is John chapter 15. And it talks about how Christ is the vine and we are the branches. Mm-hmm. And, and it says the branches are, can literally do nothing, or they are nothing without the vine, right? Yep. There's nothing there, and and as you're talking and you're, you're talking about this connection, like that's coming to my mind. I'm like, well, what happens when there's a vine and there's a bunch of branches? The branches are connected because of the vine, mm-hmm. and we we understand in Christianity that we're born with the light of Christ, right? So like we all just want to connect, and that is such an important part of life. Yep. And I appreciate that. So go back to your anxiety. I mean, I feel like working hard as a kid really kind of gave you the desire to have fun. Do you feel like anxiety made that even stronger? Like how did that going through that dark period in your life?
1: How did that open the door for you to be where you're at today? Uh, I guess I would say like that anxiety. I was, I was so not myself and those that are, again, and you're listening and you've, if if you've had depression for your whole life or lately or anxiety attacks, you know, you're not yourself and so I, I i was i was unable to like speak much to people in the moment when i'd have it for half a day or for days on end um i wasn't able to like plan anything or coordinate i wasn't able to to use my gifts yeah truly yeah which is not you totally yeah no. totally and so i th- i guess if i'm like reflecting on anxiety and connection to living life and fun yeah it, it it's helped me appreciate not just healing anxiety, but preventing it. Yeah. And really like that's good. living healthily, not just with diet, exercise and sleep, though those were massively yeah. key for me. Absolutely. Massively. But living healthily with the relationships I'm choosing to engage in and the people that I'm putting energy into um, because that keeps me in a healthy emotional spot. And so I, I, I try to remember that what I went through in those dark times, like I really, really prayed my guts out. And I'm, you know, I made a lot of promises. You know, you, you make a lot of promises when you're praying to totally. God. I'm like, okay, I promise I'll do, this, <laughs> I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll never do this. You know, yeah. And so, um, you know, and just, you know, about a month ago, I went through COVID. Yeah. I had it and it was bad. Oh, you did? It was really bad okay. for me. Like physically, I, I was, I, it was a struggle. No kidding. I wasn't admitted, but I, you know, shortness of breath was pretty bad. Oxygen yeah. level was down. Yeah. Uh, and I isolated by myself for eight days. Yeah, in, in, uh, in my buddy's condo. And so, oh, man, I'm sorry. What I did though is there was a hymn that I sang and got emotional about, and then prayed about, called "I Need The Every Hour."
0: I need. I, I can't say This guy tried out for Mormon Tabernacle Choir, yes. by the way. So,
1: but I that that was a, a very that's kind of what I like to wrap up on. If you want, yeah. it's like no, totally that that hymn, and it's not a. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Him, it is a Christian, Christian hymn. Yep. It, it we tend to call on Him when it's like we really, really need Him. We're desperate. But that hymn, when I was going through COVID, I I literally had to call on Him every hour, mm. and I and I needed people to call me every hour, and people did. They were like a text here or a call, and I didn't have much energy, but I I swore promise that I would not forget it. And so I wrote down my whole experience in a prayer about when I sang that him and try to think on him every hour or humans every hour that I needed to reach out to. I promised that I would do that to stay in tune with him. And it's been very, very, very helpful to me to continue like staying in touch with God, staying in touch with humans, staying in touch with my gifts to have fun. I've had so many times in the last 10, 15 years where I've lost that for like a month at a time yeah but really calling on him every hour and staying in touch I mean that's that really has stuck with me.
0: I, I mean the Move message forward. the message I'm getting here loud and clear is get outside yourself. think yeah. about other people get yeah. outside yourself. take care of yourself physically, spiritually, mentally take care of yourself And allow others. To take care of you as well. Great. Just let freaking people in. There you go. Connect. Right. And 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 get out. Get out of your. Get outside Mm -hmm. of yourself. Quit. Stop thinking about yourself. And to do that, sometimes you got to go to God, and he'll he'll help you recognize that you need to connect. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I see it. But good stuff. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, um, We're just gonna
1: real quick before you go, we're gonna let you end on that song. Go ahead. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. You play the wrong key. I know.
0: I, I'm no good. But anyway, Weston, you're a stud. And and I and seriously, um, you know, I've I've you're always somebody that I've looked to since knowing you. And I've thought, you know, I appreciate the way that you carry yourself. And Thanks. and I've, I've I've seen you walking around where it hasn't just been pure joy and excitement no. all the time. You know, no. I, I, all of us have those moments, but. When I'm around you, when I see you, and when I see you engage with other people, I can tell that there's something about you that really wants them to feel good about themselves. Thanks, man. I and appreciate I, th- it. I think that's a that's a gift that, you know, that's that's priceless. Like Thanks. that is a phenomenal try and, gift about you. Trying, so,
1: appreciate you. Five, four, <laughs> six, seven, one eighty with two percent body fat. Yes, that's all that matters <laughs> right there.
0: So, ladies, Weston is available. <laughs>
1: Right? I, I am. There it is. is. Yes. Thanks for being with me, brother. Yep. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show. I would love to hear your feedback. You can subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast or any podcast platform you use. If you or someone you know has a delightful story to share that I need to talk to, please email me at cometowardsdelight.com at gmail.com